It was 4 a.m. and Gwen couldn't sleep. Her mom's silver bracelet sat on her bed beside her, a riddle she could wear around her wrist, a clue to learning what happened to her parents, a hope. Still, ever since the bracelet appeared in the mail two days ago, the only thing Gwen could hope for was sleep. Why? Because each night she heard him. Each night she dreamt of him. She couldn't escape him. The man who broke into the office. The one whose voice cut into her mind. Where's the algorithm? The intruder tossed Gwen across the room without touching her. Spoke to her without making a sound. She didn't tell anyone. Who'd believe her? And what could they do about it if they did? No. Gwen fixed problems. She didn't offer them. At least that's what she told herself. Besides, there was only one solid thing she knew about the intruder. It repeated in her mind, like a scratched record she never wanted spun. In her dreams. In her nightmares. Until. It's you, Gwendolyn. <gasps> Gwen woke up grabbing at air. It was just a nightmare. Gwen! I'm trying to get my hermit crabs to take codeine and mix it up for science! And you're ruining the vibe! Hearing her uncle drugging crustaceans, Gwen relaxed. She was home. There was no danger in the dark. Still, her pulse wasn't convinced, so she repeated. I'm safe. I'm fine. Be brave. Gwen! The hermit crabs are organized! Anti-animal cruelty and on party drugs. We are not safe. We are not fine. I will not be brave. And now, the pulp tales of Gwendolyn Green. As a junior PI, Gwen cracked her fair share of strange cases, but nothing as strange as receiving the bracelet her mother wore and the balloon explosion that took her life. So how was it here? Gwen ran her fingers along the silver trinket, staring past her reflection as the A-train sprinted beneath the city. According to the police report, the death of Darnell and B.B. Green was an accident, a malfunctioning hot air balloon, a one in a million chance, but there's always that one. The tech company her parents worked for, Waggle, took care of the funeral and made sure Gwen's school books were paid for. It was all public record, in plain sight. Yet, Gwen never bought it. Gwen never felt that they were really gone. And now this? And now you, she mumbled. Why send it now? Why send it at all? Stepping off the subway and into one of those Soho buildings you don't notice isn't trendy until it's too late, Gwen heard her boss, Dick Dirk, before she entered the office. From the sound of it, he was either drunk, crying into a mirror, or worse. I'm sober. I'm sober. The morning news isn't as funny as I thought, and coffee without Baileys makes me poop and not like the wipeless kind. Dick packed a burlap sack at his desk. A wide array of tools, gadgets, and sex weapons littered the floor of the detective agency. Gwen entered as Dick forced a dildo-ended boomerang into his bag. The number two PI in town was dressed in black, sporting a look that sent chills down Gwen's spine. Mary fucking Christ, why are you sober? 
I got a hot tip from a cold source about a case I'm on. My source has bad blood circulation. No, you said you'd take Hector's case off my hands. I just found my patented pending poison dig dirt dick darts. The room isn't spinning. You want me to take some stranger's case? You know him, Hector Savala. Who? We were ambushed at your place. When was he in my apartment? Before your AA sponsors beat each other into comas over poetry. Uh, that could be like uh, one of 12 times. He has a Samoan-sized dick. Oh, the Spans! Heck, the Spans! Yes. Can you help him? I'm on a serious case. I, I literally said poison dick dirt dick darts a second ago. See? They look like, they look like dicks. God damn it, dick. If you're on a serious case, why are you packing a double dildo-ended boomerang? Yes, this is a serious case, so I can't bring my single dildo-ended boomerang. I hate that you literally made sex a weapon. Yeah, and they could be used by anyone ages 18 and up. Enough. What's your case? It's a sick, sadistic maze. I I can't get you involved. I don't even know why I fell into this crap. But I know this time, I'll be prepared for the fucking bloodbath. Now hand me my grappling hook. Grapple in first. Gwen! case. Gwen picked up one of Dick's patented, rejected, vibrating grappling hooks. Her senior PI continued getting ready for whatever his night held, whatever bloodbath he described. The look in Dick's eyes was focused, as it so rarely was, and Gwen felt a twinge of pride for her mentor, as she so rarely did. Dick, what's the case? I can't. Let's, let's not even talk. Maybe I can help. But there really no one can help you with but this. Not you, I'm Gwen. I'm worried. Not you, Gwen. I want to help. Uh, okay, okay. I'm after the Gustavus's kids' cat, and it's not easy. That cat's got moves. You're chasing around a cat? The Gustavus's kids' cat, Mr. Cuntface. And, you know, those kids are angry, so he runs fast. He meows proud. He bites deep. You can't be serious. I am so serious. I'm sober. Do you think I like this? Do you think I like the pitch my voice is in? I don't. I need cunt face. So can you please be professional and hand me the grappling hook? Grapple in first. That's unnecessary. Fine. Throw me the grappling hook. Grapple in first, Gwen. Grapple in first. Grapple in first, Gwen. Stop saying that. Grapple in first. Why do you even need a vibrating grappling hook? Why do we need mashed potatoes in an instant? Why'd I take that summer intensive on the mental tactics of confusing sentences last winter? What? Exactly. Thanks. I'll take care of the Schwanz's case. You do whatever. It's a cat case. Why do you only sober up for a fucking cat case? Because Mr. Cuntface is out there right now. And I don't run well when I'm drunk. If I did, I'd be dead. I might be an alcoholic. Yeah, don't run. I'll get it. Hopping over the random beaded harpoon and piles of Dick's professional handcuffs, both fuzzed and unfuzzed, Gwen found the door and twisted that knob. Even with the view of the sunset silhouetting him, his smile was clear. Hector Schwanz. Have you ever fallen for someone the moment you saw them, then they spoke, and you hated yourself for feeling feelings? That's the Schwanz effect. But there he was, at her door, with a problem and a grin Gwen couldn't help return. The smile widened, and the moment silently lingered, as so few do, patiently unfolding, cementing itself in her mind, with nothing to ruin. Oh, wait. I gotta pee! I, I can't get smile through it, smiling does nothing! I'm, I'm, I'm a good girl! <laughs> After a dicey run to the toilet, and Dick listening to hear if the schwanz's schwanz would hit toilet water, Hector sat at Gwen's desk, 
Dick continued packing behind them. On the bus, I grabbed it. And that's the danger zone you can't let go. He is right. He is telling it. Great. Oh, hey, let's not talk about your bladder. Tell me about your case. <laughs> what were you looking for help with? Hector's grin faltered. A silence lay upon the room, and the afternoon traffic below stood still long enough for the male model to find the right words. Uh, it was years ago, but I still replay it in my head. Um, TV. I, I don't have the technology. No, I, I get that. Um, keep going. Um, sorry. It's hard to say this. Gwen placed her hand on Hector's without thinking. When he softly gripped her fingers, she quickly let go. My mom was kidnapped seven years ago. Val! Gwen, you see that thing about marbles? Eat shit and die. Hector, you were saying? It's okay. Um, my mother was kidnapped in the middle of the... Uh... I found him! Sorry. <laughs> Your mother... She was kidnapped. Oh, there's more! Dick? There's more. Dick? Sorry, your mother. She, she was she was kidnapped. Okay, now doing it on purpose. My mother was kidnapped in the middle of the night by my father. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, you do you have a hanky? I. Uh... Oh no, she's got no bedside manner. Here, take my wad of tissues. Ew! No, fuck that. I mean, I'm nervous. I, I've never I've never been been to a. a P.I.'s office. Not even about your mom? I didn't feel comfortable with that at the time. And yet, from what Gwen tells me, you felt comfortable going directly to a strange P.I.'s apartment. Dick! What? Uh, you know, some of his story doesn't add up. Why wait so long to investigate a missing person? I don't know. Do you know? I'm so sorry, Hector. He's sober. How'd you get my address? Your website it redirects to your Tinder. Your address is in the bio. Yeah? Then what's it say my favorite food is? Bazooka Joe. Why? Because it's a proven weapon and stimulant when, when used, used right. right. All right, Desert Island book? The novelization of Kazam. My favorite Star Wars character. The stormtrooper who hits his head in The New Hope. Oh, his PPUs are my favorite. Okay, I guess your story checks out. If you're done interrogating my client, will you let us work? Maybe Dick can help. Ooh, I'm on a get case. Oh, shit. That's not a thing. It is that a thing? I, I mean, it's a... Uh, I honestly don't know. I feel like he tricked me. <laughs> Go for a walk. What are you, a weekend dad? Just stay. Pretend like I'm not here. But first, Hector, could you pass me that grappling hook? Grapple in first, Hector. Grapple in first. Why are pass you me doing that grappling this? Hook. Stop grapple first. saying grapple, grapple in first. first. Pass the grappling we're, first. We're going. Ushering a misty-eyed schwanz out, Gwen stood at the office door and turned to her senior P.I. I don't like you when you're sober. That is somehow the nicest thing you've ever said to me. God damn it. Walking east, Hector kept his hands in his pockets. The sun drooped over the city, and although the street was busy, the Schwanz's arm kept brushing Gwen's unnecessarily. Threading through the foot traffic, Hector sang his song. It was 4 a.m. I was in bed, but awake. I was socking myself. Oh, well, that part doesn't matter. What? Oh, no, it uh, doesn't matter. Go on. I heard my dad come home, and he was drunk. He didn't, didn't bother me. My door was locked. 
because I was shoving socks into the eye that doesn't matter. Uh, no, nope, it doesn't. Please go on. Passing beneath the Queensboro Bridge, he stopped walking. Waves of strangers washed over them as they stood still. The Schwanz turned to Gwen, and for a second, their eyes met. He opted to look up instead. Is everything all right? My dad and I once saw Spider-Man save people from that thing. You mean, in a movie? It's so long ago, it feels like a movie. No, I meant literally, in a movie. And are you sure it was this bridge? My dad and I went to see Spider-Man. My dad was always so much fun. But the night he took your mom, was he angry? Hector kept his eyes to the sky. He wasn't angry. He... I tried to open my door, but I was naked except for the socks hanging from my... Ass! I get it! No! I stuffed socks in the other socks. And then I banged those socks. Sometimes... I kept them on just to feel safe. To feel safe. You freak. No, I... The Schwanz closed his eyes. Gwen took his hand. This time, she didn't let go. The sun was gone, and they were just a pair of shadows beneath the bridge. You can tell me, Hector. The Schwanz moved closer to the junior PI. He took both her hands in his. Among the strangers moving down the block, Gwen and Hector stood nose to nose with their eyes shut while the street lamps blinked awake. He was scared. My dad was so scared. He said they found her. Who? I, I, I shouldn't, I, I, it's I okay. don't. It's okay, you're safe with me. Am I though? Their noses touched, and before Gwen could ask again, or the Schwanz could answer, and even before their lips could meet, a pair of hands grabbed Gwen by the shoulders. I, I need to speak! Get your, your hands off her! Gwen turned, throwing out a fist, striking the man who spun her. Don't make me, I'm gonna... Come, I need to... Gwen cut the intruder off by kicking his knee, Ah! elbowing him in the stomach, and reversing his grip. Ah! Yeah, you got the juice! Now, two pack, two packs! The man Gwen had in submission looked like he hadn't washed in weeks, but by the smell of him, Gwen would bet months. Who are you? Need to talk? Need, need you to come with me now. Ah, ah, I know. I know. Ah. Gwen twisted the man's arm. His hair was white, his face was dirty, but his eyes seemed sound and steady, scary in contrast to the rest of him. He's just a homeless guy. I, I know. I, I need to talk. I, okay. Yeah, he's just a homeless guy. Gwen pushed the homeless man away. He rubbed his temples before rejoining the faceless ranks of New York. The Schwanz stood behind Gwen, his grin present again. Assault statistics aside, I feel way safer with you than I did two minutes ago. I'm not a fan of anyone getting the drop on me. Moonlight Diner's on the corner. You can grab a bite and avoid crazy bum attacks. They're on the rise, you know. There's a diner on 62nd and 7th with a great soup and oyster dish. Oh, if you want soup, I love soup. And Moonlight's got the best. Cozy's Diner does an onion garlic soup that's to die for, in that if you don't like it, I'll kill you. <laughs> <laughs> I know soup. I know soup. I lived with soup. We had a same-sex relationship for a while that I'm very proud of. Soup's female? No, I'm liquid. Oh. But sure, if you're vouching for it, let's go to Moonlight. 
With that, the junior PI and her client made their way out from under the bridge and faded away into the chilly New York night. Once they were gone, for a moment, those street lamps that stood silent watch over the last few minutes shone steadily on, as always, until. Not long later, in the Moonlight Diner's men's room. Hello? Sir? It's me. Hector. Zavala. From work. Taking out a black marker, the Schwanz doodled on the stall door. He was alone. Everything's in order. I'll grab the bracelet when it kicks in. Sir. 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 Thank you for the opportunity. The Schwanz stopped speaking and closed his eyes. I understand. I will. The other end of the line went dead. The Schwanz put his phone away along with his marker. He took a deep breath and exited the stall, slamming its graffitied door behind him as his own contribution dried in black ink. It read, Gwen and Hector forever. The Moonlight Diner was busy. The Schwanz sat across from Gwen, who was eating a split pea soup after the waiter said everyone knows his split pea. Everybody knows my split pea. I know his split pea. I met a split pea. Meet that split pea. And it seemed on this chilly winter night, every other customer had done the same. Holy shit. But really, though, holy shit. It's good, right? I feel like I know his split pea. The two sat by the diner's large windows. The edges were fogged, and the Schwanz leaned over his soup, barely touching it. You're not eating. You okay? Oh, I'm just letting it cool. I just love the soup so much. It's so... tangy. The pea soup? Yeah. Tangy. I love it. For a guy who claimed to really love this soup, Gwen noticed it took him an effort to swallow. Mmm, I... Love this stuff. The tang. The tang. Right. Tell me more about your case. The night my dad kidnapped my mom, they had a big talk. My dad had their bags packed for days and... Wait, uh, they had packed bags? Did your dad kidnap your mom or did they leave together? Hector looked up from his coffee. You alright? Yeah, why do you... Suddenly... One of the customers behind the Schwanz dropped her head on the table, hard, and lay unconscious among the shattered plates. Then, every other customer in the diner did the same. Every other customer passed out. For a moment, Gwen and the Schwanz sat in silent shock. Or at least Gwen did, because the junior PI didn't read shock on the male model's face, but an anxious expectation. What was he waiting for? Before she could think more about it, the waiter came out from the kitchen. Maroney! He screamed, seeing his potential Yelp reviews asleep in their soup. My split pee! My pee! The Schwanz reached for Gwen's wrist, his hands finding her bracelet. She couldn't help but notice. Gwen pushed his hand away as she rushed to check the customer's pulses. They're unconscious, but alive. How did this... Gwen cut herself off because just on the other side of the window, the homeless man from before was hunched over and holding his head as though it might split open. He began to run. What do we do? Sh should I call 911? 
Where, where are you going? Do, do I wait? The pig! Don't let the waiter eat more soup. I'll be right back. With that, Gwen sprinted out of the diner, chasing the homeless man. Wait! Stop! Her heart was pounding, and she could taste the winter air sitting in her lungs. But she ran all the same. Why? Because as he ran, the homeless man screamed. Get out! Tic-tac man, get out of my head! Get out! Tic-tac man! It wasn't until they'd run eight blocks that Gwen caught up to him. This time, she spun him around. Stop. You hear it. You hear that tic-tac noise. I, I, I need to go. It's, it's close. Can't speak. Hi, 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 it? hi. Can it speak inside your brain? He, he wants my algorithm, but he needs yours. What algorithm? The homeless man lifted his wrist, showing Gwen his own bruised and beaten bracelet. It was nearly identical to her own. The, the one we, ah, the one, the one we gave you, your, your parents, Waggle. What? What does that mean? We needed to talk. Too late. We needed. Ah, ah. Onlookers passed by, staring but never engaging. It's in, it's in my head. It's coming for me. Ah, ah. Pain riddled his face. Gwen grabbed the homeless man in hopes of calming him, but he jumped away and all she could do was tear a piece of his stained sleeve off. Ah! I have to go. I... And then... Hey, lady. Oh, my God! Are you doing okay? Lady! Leave us alone! Lady! Suddenly, where moments before, there had been no one willing to engage, concerned citizens stood between Gwen and the homeless man, offering unsolicited salvation and understanding to both parties. But through the air came another noise. Did she hear the tic-tac man? Did she just think she did? Was there a difference? Gwen's breathing became shallow as she tried to push through the gawking crowd that held her back with helping hands. Junior P.I., out of my way, you pig fucker! Oh, sorry, Rabbi. Dick Dirk moved through the crowd, grabbing Gwen's wrist with urgency. Dick, where is he? Did he get away? He ran around the block. Catch your goddamn breath and follow me if you want some answers, detective! I'm good. Let's go. Gwen followed Dick through the busy streets of downtown Manhattan, sirens wailing in the distance. Soon, the two had reached the East River. Dick stopped running on 58th and York and put his fingers to his lips as he approached an alleyway. I saw him run down here. Dick, I think he has the answers I need. Don't worry, Gwen. He's not getting away. We'll have to scale this wall. Yeah. Okay. Wait. Is that the double dildo-ended boomerang in your hand? It's my wangarang! It fucks suckers up twice! What's that in your hand? Gwen still gripped the piece of the shirt she ripped off the homeless man. The homeless man's shirt sleeve. It's covered in soup. It's broth, but like, this is thick broth and it's still wet. How's he getting broth? Homeless shelter. <laughs> this smells like fresh mushrooms. So, one with a garden, most likely. Dick watched Gwen deeply contemplate every sniff of the homeless man's sleeve. You're a fucking weirdo. The senior PI said as he calibrated his patent-pending poison dick-dirk dick darts. Well, help me get this bastard before they do. Someone's after him? Yeah, and they won't rest until they get him. 
But don't worry, I'm taking him down first. I need him conscious. You don't know what he's capable of. He's just a homeless That's man. That's giving this animal too much credit. I need him to answer my questions. I get that. I don't know what it means, but I get that. He knows about the man who... The man who... This sounds crazy, but the man who broke into your office had special abilities. That doesn't sound crazy. It is crazy. I knew you would. Why would a cat know about a break-in? Wait, who are you after? Who are you after? The homeless man who I was chasing. The one who sleeved the sis. Oh, God. That makes sense. I honestly thought you were just sniffing sleeves. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. What are you doing here, then? You should be following that lead. You said run, so I ran. If all your mentors scream, run if you want answers, in a wild panic, are you just gonna run? Yeah, probably. Okay, fuck. I have to find this guy. Yeah, where do you start? Soup kitchens. I better get going. Are you gonna be okay? Do you need help grappling? But her boss was already halfway up the building, expertly climbing his infamous vibrating grappling hook. Grapple in first. Expertly. I will be. I just need to get him before they do. Just to be clear, are we still talking about... Mr. Cutface! Above Gwen, a helicopter appeared, sweeping the alley with a heavy spotlight. Mr. Cutface! We know you're in there! Oh, Dick Dirk. You again. Fuck you, Byron! No, fuck you, Dick! No, Byron! Fuck you! Fuck you, Dick! You know my name's Brian! Gwen slipped away as Dick vibrated up a building in order to get the drop on his feline mark while insulting a rival in a helicopter. As ridiculous as that sentence sounds, the junior PI couldn't think about it. Dick was right. She had to follow her only lead. She had to understand what the homeless man meant when he said, Your parents. Waggle. But before that, Gwen had to keep at least an inch of professionalism. So... After a phone call and a bus ride, she approached the corner of 70th and 2nd Ave. The moon hung low, and the east side streets were barren, save for the shoegazing silhouette standing beneath the lamppost. The shadows dancing across his crotch gave him away. Sorry about- Oh my fucking ah! god! You, you scared the shit out of me! I thought you saw me! Make some noise when you walk! I'm sorry I had to run earlier. It's- Kind of a long story, but is everyone at the diner all right? Yeah, it, it was the pea soup. The cops said everyone should be all right. They arrested the waiter. Oh, geez. Look, I apologize, but I have to follow a lead on an old case. I know this isn't the best start, but can we meet tomorrow? Or I can go with you. I can watch your back. Mm, when the bum attacked, you hid and yelled, That's the juice and Tupac. From juice? Tupac from juice? Then you said two packs, like the number two, and then packs, two packs. Can I go with you or not? I can finish telling you my story. All right, but if anything happens, you listen to me. You stay behind me. You don't yell two packs. I don't want that attached to me. All right. So what's the plan? Find all the soup kitchens in the city with their own garden. Gwen gripped the homeless man's mushroom broth-stained shirt in one hand and googled with the other. A quick search revealed that there were over 50 soup kitchens in Manhattan alone, but only four had their own garden. In the cab to the first in Hell's Kitchen, Gwen questioned the Schwanz. Why do you think your mom quit? 
You said she quit the lab job she and your dad had? She wasn't happy about the work they were doing there. She never made that a secret. What kind of work was it? They were computer scientists. As in science based in computers, not that they were computers. No, I got that. The Schwanz went on to explain that his mother quitting caused a noticeable rift in their household. Even a young sock-loving boy noticed the subtle hostility. The nerves that slowly crept further and further to the edge each day. By this point, Gwen and the Schwanz had reached their first soup kitchen. Gwen approached the only person who seemed as though they had a home. A young ball of nerves behind the counter greeted them. How can I help you? Hi, we... Do you grow mushrooms in your garden? What was that? Mushrooms. We're looking for someone and he's covered in mushroom broth? Uh, no. We, we don't serve broth. Maybe you should try that bougie kitchen in Chelsea. That's our next stop. Thanks. A cup of soup for the road? No, thanks. I don't like soup. In another cab, the Schwanz told Gwen his parents had received death threats throughout their careers because of the work they did. Dad said artificial intelligence was a competitive field. I didn't know how much until the first time we had to move because Steve Jobs kept sending us pigheads. The Savalas, as a Google search would show, were both leading scientists in the field of artificial intelligence. They had one son, Schwanz, and as every picture would make it seem, a loving marriage. So then why would your father kidnap your mother? It was complicated. After my mom quit, they always threatened each other to stay, to leave. I guess he reached a decision for them both. Their cab reached the second soup kitchen. Its doors were shuttered. Maybe this was a soup kitchen. He could be around here. No, his stains were still wet. Ah, uh, gross. This is a dead end. We have to keep moving. Gwen gave the address for the third soup kitchen to the cab driver, who responded with a nod. New York lay still beneath the rolling hum of the engine, while Gwen fiddled with her bracelet, staring vacantly out the window as the street signals became neon-tailed blurs. Where'd you get that bracelet? Huh? The bracelet. It was my mom's. Oh, can I see it? Hector's hands moved before his question ended. It was at that moment the cab stopped abruptly. This you stop? Outside the window, Gwen could see the small soup kitchen, but it wasn't the kitchen that caught her eye or the silent street that held a few bodegas and a gated construction site. No, it was the homeless man who stumbled out screaming that held Gwen's attention. Pay for the cab, Hector. Gwen dashed from the car, running to the kneeling homeless man. He looked around furtively, covering his mouth upon seeing Gwen. She knelt to join him. Are you all right? What's wrong? It's, it's close. I, I can feel it. There's no time. I thought I wouldn't come here. What is it? Why does it want you? How does it know my name? It's the mistake. <laughs> Tic-tac man's close. He grabbed at his skull again. It's the mistake. You're the answer. What? I, I have to go. I thought I wouldn't come back here. I, I thought... Suddenly, the homeless man's face, which Gwen thought could go no paler shade, went completely white. His lips quivered, and he began crawling slowly backwards, trying to stand. The Schwanz had finished paying the driver and was running towards Gwen. It's him! He's with them. He's... No! What? Who? Uh, calm down! The homeless man sprang to his feet and sprinted into the street. Headlights of oncoming traffic came at him from each side. He's with them! He, he's with them! The homeless man ran into the construction yard across the street, ducking behind the wooden entrance. Gwen sprinted to follow. Stay here, Hector.
The junior PI dashed across the street and squeezed into the closed-off construction site. Lighting her keychain flashlight, Gwen walked along the wooden planks down into the site. The large excavated hole in the ground was separated by pillars and beams stacked stories high, waiting to become another etching on the New York City skyline. It was under these looming, unfinished monoliths that her feet turned to lead. Every creak and breeze echoed hauntingly into the pit. But it wasn't the noises she couldn't place that frightened her, but the distant noises that she could. Forcing her feet to rise, Gwen slowly moved towards the sound. The junior PI's heart raced as she pressed against a wall of steel tubing. She was getting close. I thought you wouldn't come back here. I thought you would never come back home. The homeless man screamed at his unseen assailant as Gwen worked up her courage to turn the corner and confront the intruder. She bit her lip and pivoted her foot to turn. Every inch of courage was drained out of her being. The sound cut through the air. Gwen couldn't catch her breath, so she held it instead and repeated to herself. You're safe. You're fine. You're safe. You're fine. Be brave. Be brave. And without exhaling, Gwen spun around the corner to confront the intruder. But there was no one. The tic-tac noise was gone. She was alone. It took a moment for Gwen's pulse to allow her brain enough blood to contemplate this. She started to relax just a bit until she looked down. Oh my god. The homeless man's head was mostly mush and stained the tube walls, floors, and everything Gwen's flashlight shone on. Gwen knelt before the body. I'm sorry. She examined the dead man. Outside of the clear impact that occurred to the head, the main source of blood came from the severed stump where the homeless man's left arm had been, the arm his bracelet had been on. Gwen touched her own without thinking. Why didn't she talk to him when he first approached under the bridge? Why did she wait? I'm going to fix this. Squeezing once again through the construction site's wooden door, Gwen approached the Schwanz, who waited streetside. Where's your homeless guy? Dead. What? How? I don't know, but the cops are on their way. Holy hell, that's insane. He was just here. I was just avoiding eye contact with him. I know. Gwen sat on the car hood, looking off into nothing as she awaited the red and blue lights. And here, of all places. What do you mean? This is where my parents worked. This was Waggle. Wait, your parents worked for Waggle? Yeah. What was the last thing your mom was working on? Some algorithm. A series of algorithms, I think. For Waggle? Yep. And with that, another puzzle piece fell into place. The Savalas worked for Waggle and disappeared, as did Gwen's parents. And if she heard right... I thought you wouldn't come back here. I thought you would never come back home. Whoever or whatever the Tic Tac Man was, Waggle was its home. It was all starting to come together. But to what end? Gwen still couldn't know. All she knew was... I'm hungry. What kind of soup do you think they'll have in there? She motioned to the soup kitchen. I don't know. Tabasco? Tornado? Tostita? Tomato? Yeah, tomato. Yeah, yeah. I'm a tomato. Sitting on the car, Gwen contemplated in silence before saying, Look, 
I don't know if I can officially take your case. Not with all this happening. Wait, uh, but... But I want to keep looking into it on my own. Are you sure? For the first time in a few minutes, Gwen made eye contact with him. She got up, held his hand, and, squeezing his fingers, she kissed his cheek. I'm sure. The police lights began climbing up the pavement, and the rest of the night out was told in police paperwork. After the cops and saying goodbye to the Schwanz, Gwen returned to the office just before the sun rose. Opening the door, she found Dick Dirk sitting at his desk with 14 empty travel-sized bottles and a cat on his lap. Mr. Cuntface, I assume. It's Mr. Carl Cuntface to you. And yeah, I'm keeping him here until the Gustavus' kids pick him up tomorrow. But those kids are real pieces of shit, so they could get sent to some sort of correctional facility on their way over. Don't they live two floors away? Yeah, they're real pieces of shit. They named an animal Carl Cuntface. I mean, Carl? But come, celebrate with me. Gwen picked up a tiny bottle of PBR Even Extremer from Dick's desk. It was half full. How'd it go? You taking the case? You caught your homeless guy or cleaned his shirt or something? I really don't care. He's dead. Holy shit, that's awesome. You don't have to clean his shirt. Was that it? Was that a thing? No, he had a bracelet like mine. I think he knew my parents, too, but now he's dead. Shit. That's a little too heavy for PBR even extremer, but okay. Hey, where is the Sfranz? I, I, uh, I want to ask some questions about buoyancy. I sent him home. I'm going to look into his case, but... Gwen downed what was left in the tiny bottle. She thought about the homeless man's bracelet and the Sfranz's interest in it. Why would the homeless man run into danger upon seeing him? And for a man who claimed to love soup, he didn't seem to want any. Why would he lie? Where'd you get that bracelet? Can I see it? I think the Schwanz is after my bracelet. Holy shit. I don't know the context of all that, so it means nothing to me, but holy shit. I hate you. Drunk dick is back. Wow! As Gwen drank with her mentor, Across town, the Schwanz sat in his car and adjusted his corduroy crotch. Sir? 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 The pea soup didn't work on her because she's wearing it. Yeah, right on her wrist. I don't think she knows, but I think I'll have another chance. She's taking my case. Mm. Well, sort of. But, sir? But, 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 sir, sir, I met someone who worked with my parents tonight. I don't know if they recognized me, but I thought you said they were all... I, I understand. Well, he's dead now, and she will be too. Soon. Putting the phone back in his pocket, the Schwanz touched the spot on his cheek Gwen had kissed. Gwen stared at the ceiling and overthought until sleep found her. It's an algorithm, and it's what he's after. It's what it's after. Did my parents die for this? Gwen touched the bracelet on her wrist, remembering her mom's laugh, her dad's smell, the tic-tacs. She was getting closer to answers, but also closer to danger. Gwen could barely process what the homeless man had said, how it was a mistake, but not she. Failures of what? A waggle experiment? Gwen had to ask these questions because the moment she stopped, she saw the homeless man's dead body, his head, his arm. 
When she stopped asking questions, tears ran down her cheeks. So once again, she repeated to herself, I'm safe. I'm fine. Be brave. Gwen, I know you're probably in a state of reverie, but the hermit crabs are calm. They took to the codeine, and it's definitely a chill atmosphere if you want to come out. I'm okay, Uncle Uli. It's 7 a.m. It's crabbing a.m. time. Whoa, hermits can hang. And soon, Gwen was falling asleep. But not before she decided she didn't hear it. She only thought she heard it. The noise that followed her in the dark. Tic-tac man. Man, these hermits can fucking hang. On Rikers Island, a man who began his night as the head waiter of Moonlight Diner ended it accused of poisoning his customers. As his cell locked and the officer who escorted him walked away, the waiter wept with his face between the cell bars. It wasn't me! It was the guy with the penis! I'm not the guy with the penis! That's going to make it easy for you in here. Tell it to your new bunkmate. Who? <laughs> a shiv through the back answered the waiter's question the moment the officer disappeared. The waiter's eyes bulged as the shiv was twisted by his cellmate. Nazi Jeff. Why? Because we can't have anyone looking into Hector just yet. Oh, no! Why do you call yourself Nazi Jeff? Don't you already know you're a Nazi? Are you for real? I literally just murdered you. Yeah, but still. This episode of The Pulp Tales of Gwendolyn Queen P.I. was written by Daniel Contreras and Chris DeLuca. With the stars Alice K. Johnson, Kate Eggers, Daniel Contreras, Antonio Thompson, Christina Pitter, Sam Fox Harton, Chris DeLuca, Spencer Andrew Taylor, and Aldo Malaspena. Music by Andy McCarthy, Lavinia Pavlish, and Kate Eggers. Edited by Taylor Roig and Chris DeLuca. The show was created by Daniel Contreras and Chris DeLuca. If you're enjoying the show, please tell a friend about it. If you haven't got a friend, tell an enemy. If you haven't got an enemy, tell a cat. And if you haven't got a cat, well, God bless you. Subscribe to the show to get new episodes automatically, like magic. And rate and review us on iTunes to be heard on the internet. Everyone's dream. Good night.